And now, Five Star Properties and Pod Slamajama present Let's Rage Coog, streaming on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Hey, it's Andy Anas, and you're listening to another episode of Let's Reach Cougs, presented by Five Star Properties. Before we get into the game, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Five Star Properties, who jumped the ship early and was able to, to really be the first one to dive into the water and promote us. They're a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum, and if you're facing foreclosure and need to sell your house as is for cash, call 972-532-SELL or visit their website at fivestarprops.com. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R. R-P-R-O-P-S.com. Once again, that's Five Star Properties, who were gracious to be the primary sponsor of today's show. Akib Ghazi, thank you for joining me as always. So obviously we have a lot to discuss following Houston's first loss of the season. They were looking to, to, to be 2-0 for the first time since 2018. That fell by the wayside as uh, so close and uh, a lot of struggles early on in terms of the first half performance where they weren't able to get anything going on offense. They fall once again into a 14-point deficit, claw their way back. It looked like they were able to they were going to be able to sneak away with a win. And then lo and behold, you know, once again, 37 seconds left on the clock and the defense allows uh, Texas Tech to drive down the field and, and kick the field goal that forced overtime and then. Once again, overtime, Houston somehow scores. They overcome second and 21. It looks like they, they did just enough. They get Texas Tech on a fourth and 20, which is absurd. It seems like they have all the momentum. Once again, they cannot close the deal. It falls apart. Um, and, you know, they were able to tie it, forced up overtime. And then that's when Donovan Smith and put the final nail in the coffin. When Houston was unable to score a touchdown, they, they were limited to a field goal. And that's that's history. So, Houston, their first defeat of the season comes in week two against Texas Tech. Now they are on a five-game losing streak uh, to Texas Tech that dates back to 2010, and they have not beaten a Big 12 opponent still since 2016. They'll look to end that streak next week against Kansas in the home opener. But, Akib, what were your opening thoughts of the loss? Hey, what's going on, Andy? Yeah, um, disappointing loss. I said last week this game was going to answer for us a lot of questions that we had specifically like you know how well coached were these guys um on both sides of the ball offense on and defense and like i guess this game kind of answered it for us so there's still a lot of questions a lot of uh you know if ifs about the defense um the the highlight this the this bright spot uh was Derek Parrish obviously who had i believe four or five sacks uh, i'm not sure what the stat line is showing or what they credited him credit him for but you know the defensive line played very well but you know overall we just couldn't do enough to get it done for sure and once again when it came to to you know we're hearing to some of the comments fourth and 20 like joe uh mendez mentioned i think that's probably the big play and i think you know when it comes from uh, an offensive standpoint there's a lot of struggles that it, it I don't know if it's aggressive play calling. It looks like Houston just can't get stuff going in the first half. Um, once again, they only managed three points, and that was off. Uh, um, I believe that was set up off the, inter- the interception. Or no, no, it was off the punt return from Tank Dell that got them to the 19-yard line, and they weren't able to capitalize it with a touchdown. They were held to a field goal. That was the only offense they had in the first half. 
on behold in the second half, a, a little bit of a turnaround uh, for Houston. First play of the game, they they take a deep shot to tank down. And lo and behold, good stuff happens, and they're able to capitalize with a Brandon Campbell rushing touchdown a couple plays later. But what what have you seen from from that, that, those first-half struggles and really specifically on offense? We'll get into the defense a bit. Specifically offense, I saw a lot of – I felt it was very reserved play calling. You can almost, you know, as a spectator, kind of understand from, maybe from Dana Holgerson's point of view a little bit that he wants to be reserved but at the same time – You've got Clayton Toon, who has a big arm. You gotta just sometimes let it fly. And we saw like good things happen when Clayton Toon did let it fly. Specifically, I'm t- I'm speaking on the I think in the it was in the fourth quarter when we had when he hit De- Tank Dell. Um, I think it was for that big. I think it's like a 63 yard gain or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. can't remember. But yeah, just going back to first half, I just felt like we were very slow offensively. The defense did their job for the most part up until the last you know drive or so of the second quarter. But, yeah, just very lackadaisical, um, lackluster offense uh, at times. At times it's very electric, and then at certain times it's like they just run on first and second down and hope for a prayer if they're on, like, a third and long. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's the big thing when it comes to inconsistency, and that's something that Dana Hogerson talked touched on on Monday, but he was specifically referencing um, his offensive line in that play on the offense. But that's something that it's been a theme, not just on the offensive line, but across the entire team specifically. And I, and I know on Twitter, there was, there was talk of, uh, especially early on on offense, where uh, both sides of the ball, it seems like Houston's not prepared to play. It was one of, something that, that one of the, the commenters on Twitter said and especially on offense say look loss like Joe Mendes just said bad tackling bad play calling boneheaded penalties no accountability is what Joe Mendes said but um, really there, there's a lot of that kind of going around a lot of frustration because we see in spurts and I think this transitioning over to focusing more on the defense you kind of see there in bits and pieces where they show flashes of of dominance i mean we saw meeting up going back to the double overtime um or in the first overtime my mistake whenever houston got them until fourth and 20 they were able to hold them Derek Parrish got back-to-back sacks and and it looks like they're gonna feel the win and they just can't close it and uh, once again going back to inconsistency that's themed throughout the entire game where um, Houston, when you look on paper, what they were able to do, they got they forced three interceptions. They were, I mean, the defense held Houston. They kept Houston in the game, and to be honest, they made the plays that allowed them to take that twenty to seventeen lead in the final thirty seven seconds. They just couldn't close, and I think that's that's the big thing going forward. Not only next week when they play Kansas, but once they enter, you know, American Athletic Conference play, they have to figure out a way to be more consistent, and that's that's really been the theme these first two games of the season. Would say you. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's just it goes back to I think in the first half we had like seventy yards of penal in in terms of penalties, and then in the I think we tightened up a little bit in the second half, but then you know even up and even through overtime we had penalties. So it's just it's mm-hmm. crazy. I I don't know what the preparedness of this team is like. It's just very boneheaded mistakes. Uh, last week it was the um, it was a lot of false starts, right? And then this mm. week it was just it felt like everything else. Every there's a lot of holding calls. There's yeah. grabbing face masks. Um, offensively, I think we did have maybe, uh, and then also like off offsides. And some of it does go back to the um, the coordinators. Like you, you look at our offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. Although Doug Belk is probably one of the be- brightest minds, uh, um, like a defense can have. 
it's just it just I felt like he did not have his team fully prepared at times and then but then of course there were the bright spots too right with the defense yeah absolutely and um I think that's the biggest thing um and 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 it goes across multiple positions because even going to the missed tackling whenever we see opposing receivers that's something we saw UTSA be able to to cause a lot of um damage for Houston once they got into that yeah. second secondary there was a lot of missed tackles and it, it, it just comes so random because it seems to come in spurts like going back to the the two <clears throat> main touchdowns that Texas Tech scored before the overtime period I mean those are off chunk plays 43 yard a touchdown a 54 yard touchdown and they're all running catches they're not big plays where you know the receiver just makes a great catch it, it's more so they throw it short and Houston can't bring them down and they, they keep going and they take it all the way to the house I think that's the biggest thing that it's really probably from a sense of of you know all the UH fans it's really a sense of frustration no definitely and I I don't know how many missed tackles you counted Andy I think there could have been at least 10 I'm not even oh, I'm not kidding I wouldn't be surprised like, it could have maybe even 20 and um, it's and I think I mentioned this earlier too. Like I'm um, still there's a question marks on our, not on our defensive line. Our defensive line is phenomenal. What Derek Parrish is able to do, what that whole defensive line is able to do, it's amazing. Um, but then you look at our our run defense and then our you know our passing defense, which is like goes back to our secondary. Our secondary is not able to make plays consistently enough. I mean, we had the three interceptions, but I think most of those interceptions came from not really our defense but just the youth of Texas Tech's quarterback I think he's only what second year I believe I'm not if I'm not mistaken so mm-hmm. I think he made a, he, it's the mistakes and not so much that our defense came away with um, you know with making good plays yeah and uh, real quickly before we touch on we're gonna have James Mueller of the Daily Cougar uh, hop on in a second for those of you that are just joining us uh, we appreciate you you know obviously of course taking the time and being a part of let's rage Cougs off uh, a tough defeat for houston a 33 to 30 uh loss to texas tech in double overtime but real quickly before we get into uh more stuff we also have to talk about five star properties because like i mentioned they are the primary sponsor of the show and they uh, it's let's rage coos presented by five star properties so if you're facing foreclosure and want to sell fast visit www.fivestarproperties.com that's f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-p-r-p-s P-R-O-P-S.com. They're a database company owned by UH alum. Once again, that's fivestarprops.com. Major props to them for being able to be the primary sponsor on today's show and for the remaining September shows um, of Let's Rage Cougs following the football season. Uh, a look ahead, Houston, had, and that's the, the comment that I was going to go with, with uh, bugged out commented on YouTube. Kansas is currently beating West Virginia, who obviously, of course, is going to be Houston's next opponent um, next week. And when it comes to the Big 12, I think this is something that Dan and I talked on uh, during the podcast um, leading up to this game, where really there was a lot of talk about kind of uh, making a statement, for lack of a better phrase, just in terms of obviously, of course, we know what Houston's going to be doing uh, next season. They're going to be joining the Big 12. They kind of wanted to make a couple of things, just what happened last season at NRG Stadium, where they, they it, honestly, it was a completely different game from this game, where Houston built out an early lead, and then, you know, Texas Tech shut out Houston's second half, and it, it kind of left a bitter taste in your mouth. And then in this game, it's it's 
kind of complete opposite where Texas Tech jumps out in front early. It's it looks like Houston is you know can't figure anything out on offense. The defense does a decent job again outside of those two big plays from uh, not really allowing the Red Raiders to run off and hide uh, in the game. And then uh, when Houston does make enough plays, is finally able to get scoring on the points to tie the game and eventually take the lead. Then it's the complete opposite. Then the defense can't make uh, the final stops. They can't get in sync for lack of a better. A phrase, and I think that's that's the big thing right there for Houston. It's going to be going back um, to what Dana Horwitzson said with consistency. And uh, real quickly before we transition over, uh, once again, James Mueller is going to be joining us here shortly. He tweeted out that, uh, and this is probably going to be much more for concern. Um, we talked about Brandon Campbell, who actually got his first collegiate uh, career rushing touchdown in this game against uh, Texas Tech. He got injured in that double overtime. Uh, I believe it was on the play that, that ended up being on the second and 21 for Houston. I mean, he had a great game. He was easily the best back out of all three of the running backs for Houston, not only in this game, but probably you could argue that he's been the best back for the early in the first two games of the season. And he went down with an injury late in that overtime period. And and that's something you don't want to see. And Dana Hoverson, I just saw James Mueller tweet this, um, said that he's going to be having x-rays. So hopefully everything comes clear for him and, and he's able to play. Um, you know, but if it's not Kansas, hopefully it's, it's not a long-term injury. Um, Akib, anything else you'd like to add, whether it be about the running backs or, or anything about that consistency? And it looks like Akib is cutting out. So um, while Akib cuts out, we're going to toss it over to start. Akib, can you hear me? I think we we just lost Akib, so I'll toss it over to Star Pizza and and one of our other sponsors, and we'll talk more about Houston Texas Tech on the other side. Thank you for calling Star Pizza. This is Tim. How may I help you? This is D. A. Jones. I'm calling to order some pizza. Hey, Mr. Jones. Same order as last time. Same order as last time. Okay, and the delivery address? Man, we over on Sac Ave. Sac Avenue? Let me see if we even deliver there. We right here on your map. All right, we'll see you in about 45 minutes an hour. Thanks. Hurry up, we hungry. I'm hungry, man. We eat the best pizza on Sac Ave. Once again, big props to Star Pizza Houston right there for for being one of our other sponsors on the show. Akib, um, it looks like you're you're muted, so you can unmute yourself for a second. Um, Something else that we are debuting on this show uh, for us is going to be the hot Hoops and Holler sponsored hotline after kind of teasing about it during the March Madness run a season ago. And obviously, of course, during our first episode, we finally are going to be able to do it. It looks like we just lost Akib again. But uh, Chris Gardner joining us of the Houston Round Bar Review via the Hoop and Holler Houston hotline, the Houston Sports Micro Collective. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Just one thing, uh, kudos to you for you made it happen, man. You got the, the sponsor for the hotline. It's great to see. I'm going to – I can't stay long. 
but I got to chime in a few things about the first part of you guys, you and, and I get talking. Coach Holgerson's opening comments, a post-game courtesy of our, our man James Mueller. He was upset. Coach Holgerson was upset at the everything, the penalties, the dumb penalties, uh, the mistakes. He said the Cougs would have been lucky if they would have won the game because mm. of all the mistakes they made because it did not play well. So he was acknowledging that the team did not play well enough. He was proud of the way they fought and stayed in the ball game. But it would have been one of those games, if they would have won, that you just be thankful that you won and know you could have played better. One of those games that you really didn't deserve to win. And they didn't do it. And once again, I'm going to say this. Um, I'll get back. Um, second straight game, defense, under a minute left in the fourth quarter, failed to keep the opponent from scoring a game-time field goal. That's a concern. Uh, the secondary, they, Andy, you and James have said it for a while, that the secondary was one of the concerns going into the season. We've seen it now. Two straight games, the missed tackles, the middle of the field that's getting blown up. I mean, just wide open, quarterback mistakes, scrambles. The fourth and 20 and give up the first down was, was just backbreaking. The three-man rush, not enough pressure. Eight-man back, but it was just his own defense, basically, which allowed the receivers to find open space. And that's what they did. It, it's just... They did enough to lose, and that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to phrase it, and especially, you know, on that that fourth and 20. Do you – do would you say – and I think this is probably a theme that you can you can argue about the the way Houston has approached this season where it felt often at times it's been too conservative, obviously, from an offensive standpoint. Um, and I know one of the things that Hogerson mentioned heading into the season was that they wanted to establish the run and how that was going to be a, a key role for them. But um, even on the defensive side, like you mentioned, fourth and 20 – games on the line and, and they choose to, to drop back coverage and not necessarily pressure. And that allowed Donovan Smith to get out and roll and, and find a receiver. Once again, I mean, that wasn't, they, they threw it short and the receiver was able to run for the first down, um, which has been a, a issue for the first two games. It was very conservative play calling on that fourth down play conservative play calling offensively in the first half. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not a coach, but I've seen a lot of football over the years, fourth and 24th and long. I'd like to get enough pressure on the quarterback to make the quarterback go to another option, do something else, not his, his direct main route, keep it short, and then be positioned to, to tackle. They were nowhere around the receiver. He caught it enough to get to the first down on a three-man rush, eight-man back. It's just not enough aggression. The second quarter, the mistakes in the second quarter, you know, the play calling in the, in the first half was just very, very lame, not aggressive at all. And lo and behold, third quarter, they opened it up more aggressive and more success. Go figure. This is two straight games. They've been down by 14 points. Did enough to take a lead by three with under a minute to go and still force overtime. That's just not good enough, man. <clears throat> That's not good enough. Yeah, and I think, you know, the way <laughs> – it's interesting going back to what Dana Horson said, where he gave props to his team for, for being resilient and hanging in there. And this is something I told Aki, but that's kind of been the theme of the season for this team is consistent inconsistency. That's kind of plagued the Houston Cougars because, you know, when it comes to um, just the, the, the various different things overall, where the defense was able to keep Houston in the game um, for much of it. I mean, they held Texas tech 17 points only, uh, for for what 
most of the fourth quarter until those yep. 30 seconds left of the game. Um, they had the three interceptions. Javarius Owens had the interception to set the, the go-ahead field goal. Um, they had the pick six. I believe it was Jace Rogers or – I believe it was Jace Rogers that had the pick six to, that ended up giving – that ended up tying the game. But then, you know, when the offense finally got start, got stuff rolling uh, during the overtime periods, then it was a defense that wasn't una- unable to close. So uh, that's that's been the theme of this team early on. And you guys are right. I mean, they have not been consistent. If the offense is playing well, the defense take a, takes a stumble for a few snaps. If the defense plays well, the offense struggles to, to run block or pass block. Mm-hmm. They're forcing us, forcing to be one and one. They very well could be 0 and 2. Texas yeah. Tech left the points on the board, too. They yeah. dropped a short spot touchdown. So both teams made a lot of mistakes. One team had to win. Texas Tech won. The Cougs lost. For sure. And then when it comes to any other takeaways um, from this game, is there anything else you'd like to add? I know Clayton Toon specifically uh, didn't necessarily have his best game, but uh, I felt like, and I think Texas Tech did a really good job of being able to take away his legs because there was a couple of times when he got out of the pocket and you saw a swarm of Texas Tech defenders not being able to let him do damage. um, And really he was limited in that, in that, um, you know, different phases of the game, which was something, ironically enough, that Holgerson said they're trying to protect him more. Well, he wasn't really a factor in the in the running game in this game. The offensive line run blocking has not been consistent, consistently good for the first two games this season. Um, that's a concern going forward. Derek Parrish was a man today. He played great. It just he didn't get enough help from the back seven linebackers, secondary. It just wasn't enough. And one and one got a chance to play, come back, come home. Should be hopefully a sold out TDECU stadium against Kansas on the 17th and, and go from there. Yeah, and that's going to be a key thing right there. Now, how does the fan base react to this crushing loss? Like it's something we had been talking about leading up to the game, how big it was going to be um, to kind of make a statement in terms of Texas Tech. That's going to be a conference foe that you see. They've already seen them relatively often the past four years. Now they're going to see them probably every other year in, in conference play, and, and that's not the tone you wanted to set. They still have been unable to beat Texas Tech going back to 2010. Um, and I'm going to bring in Aki back. Aki, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, but I think I'm getting covered by the screen. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good but, now. Well, real quickly, because we're about to bring in James Mueller, the Daily Cougar, right back. But before we bring on James, who he's still in Lubbock and it looks like he's uh, trekking along. But uh, we obviously, have, obviously, of course, have to give huge shout outs to our primary sponsor, Five Star Properties. Um, obviously, of course, it's Let's Reach Cooks presented by Five Star Properties, who they're a business owned by UH alum, a data space company, and they want you to know if your house needs too many repairs and you want to sell as is, visit fivestarprops.com. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-P-R-O-P-S.com. They're a data space company owned by UH alum. Once again, special thanks to them for being the primary sponsor of this show. And along those lines, we are going to bring in James Mueller of the Daily Cougar. James, can you hear yeah. us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you, James. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm walking to – we just finished press conferences. I'm getting walking to my car because i got to get on the road. But thanks for having me again. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Um, James, the floor is yours. What did Dana Hoverson say um, during his post-game press conference availability? 
Yeah, it was pretty short. Um, he used the word sick, disgusted, puke. Um, he said that, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't deserve to win this game because they kept shooting themselves in the foot. I, I'm sure y'all touched on, you know, the six penalties uh, for 71 yards in the first quarter. That's just not a recipe for success. And then, you know, twice now they've, they've had, they've had, they've been seconds within winning the game and they've, they've failed to get that stop, um, allowing, you know, Texas Tech to just march right down the field at will to kick that field goal and send it into OT. And then, of course, the fourth and 20 as well in overtime. He's like, there's no excuse for that. Um, you know, you have them right where you want them. It's a perfect position. Um, and you give them that, and the momentum shifts, and y'all saw what happened. For sure. And, and James, um, I believe you said you were waiting for a couple of players. Who who were the players that, that spoke post-game? Yeah, Clayton Toon spoke, and then Derek Parrish spoke. Um, yeah. And and what what were their takeaways? I'm going to hear first from Clayton Toon. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Toon, I mean, he's always – he always takes accountability, points the finger at himself when areas he's got to do a better job in, and he, he does that. Um, so he did that, of course – Again, how yes, Texas Tech did some things to sort of confuse them, but you ain't shot themselves in the foot as much. Looks like we're losing. James, can you hear me, sir? It looks like he's cutting. It look. It looks like he's cutting off. So um, we'll we'll come back to him in a second, but um, I'm interesting there um, tidbit that he mentioned about Dana Holgerson, um, something he had mentioned where he felt like the team um, didn't deserve to win, but he, he called, he had a lot of different adjectives to describe this game. And uh, to be quite frank, it, it, I wouldn't disagree with him, but um, any thoughts on what, what James had to report there? No, I mean, of course, if you're a head coach and you witness what you just witnessed from your team, you're going to use words like, disgusted puke and whatnot but I mean it still goes on to Daniel Hogerson as like a co- as a head coach because you know you see it, much of these errors that UH made were came down to discipline and this team just does not seem disciplined um, and it goes it's always going to go back on the coach the head coach the offensive coordinator defense co- defensive coordinator and then of course the special teams coordinator who I'm I'm not too familiar who um, who that is? Uh, if they, I think, they, do they have a special special teams coordinator? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I can. Uh... Okay, but yeah, like uh, it's it goes back onto leadership, you know. And they have they have the talent. They have amazing players. You have Tank Dell, who I want to just say they they butchered his uh, his nickname. They ca- kept calling him the Tank. <laughs> the tank. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it, they cl- clearly they they don't watch too much UH football. The commentators. Um, but yeah, like you have, and then you have Clayton Toon, who's supposedly he's supposed to, you know, he's supposed to be the best quarterback in Texas. And then you have guys like studs like Derek Derek Parrish, and uh, the list can go on and on. But it just seems like it's not a very well coached football team as of yet. Yes, I want to toss over to you the the thing that James mentioned, and that's the penalties, and we haven't really been able to discuss 
um, hadn't been able to discuss up to this point, but James made a great point. They were flagged or they had 11 different penalties um, go against them that were accepted. These are just the ones that were accepted. We're not counting anyone others. And that ended up costing them over 120 yards, which is absurd when you think about how many penalties that was for Houston. But going back to what Akib said, that's a sign of an undisciplined team uh, right there, especially early on where um, for the second straight week in a row, they have a, a tank Dale punt return wiped off and uh, due to the penalty. And I guess you could you could say last week it was, you know, a bad call from um, the referees. But this week it was inexcusable roughing the kicker um, penalty that had nothing to do with the play consistently bad two weeks in a row with the penalties, lack of discipline, missed routes. And I swear the fumble by Cajun Henry was caused by a teammate knocking the ball out of his hands. <laughs> I mean, this bad luck <laughs> there, so. defensive backs running into each other. They just don't seem to be connected on the same page. The penalties, I mean, they pick, pick penalties, holding at the wrong, wrong time, offside. Rough game to the kicker. They they got penalized every which way possible. You know, retaliation, shoving uh, uh, one of the tech defenders because you didn't like it. They, they were holding you. And the ref caught, this, caught the second one, caught you doing it in the act. Come on. This this is, you have to be better than that. You have to not, not stoop to the other team's level. If the opponent sees that you can be taken off your game, they're going to do things to take you off your game. And Tech did that enough, and the Cougs responded. And they bit themselves, shot themselves in the foot with the mistakes. And saying all that, they still led with a minute, less than a minute left in the fourth quarter. But the defense did not get the job done. And they ended up losing in double overtime. We're going to bring James back. Um, Can y'all hear me now? Yes, sir. He's much okay, more sorry. sharper, much more clear. Yeah, my cell service just went completely out. I'm sorry about that. No, uh, I'll just pick off right where I left off. And I was in terms of what Clayton Toon had said, and you, you'd mentioned how, you know, he kind of gave um, the traditional speak about, you know, some of the stuff they did um, with him. But what, what else did you hear from Toon? Yeah, he talked about, again, how Mike Yeltsin been talking about penalties have been a big issue. Um, as much as the Texas Tech defense affected UH, UH shot themselves in the foot um, just as much with stupid plays. And Dana said that as well. Toon said that. And he's like, you know, he couldn't, he, he couldn't pinpoint exactly what it what was causing these problems, but he was like, you know, we got to go back to the drawing board and just figure something out. Um, and then Derek Parrish, on the other hand, was like, I mean, he was like, one thing he said was, you know, he'd rather lose by 50 than, you know, lose a heartbreaker like this, just especially considering how last year went as well. And to have, you know, 37 seconds left to win the game and then fourth and 20 to win the game and you can't get that, that just makes the pain of this loss so much worse. So those were the big takeaways from the players. Again, none of them spoke super long, um, just obviously because it was a tough outcome for them. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and James, I'm curious to get your thoughts on something that we've touched on um, throughout the show. And that's, it really seems like the biggest threat or the biggest issue that this team's facing, well, one, outside of penalties, but it's just consistency and really the inability of the offense and the defense to play well at the same time. Um, we touched on how, I mean, for the most part, I know there was a couple of plays that ended up in the in the two long touchdowns for Texas Tech. But the defense was able to to, was able to hold the Red Raiders to only 17 points up until for much of the game. And then when the UH offense picked it up, it didn't seem like the defense could stop them at all. Um, what are your thoughts? What, what do you feel has been the biggest problem for this Houston team during the 
through the first two games? Yeah, one is just slow starts. Um, this is twice now where the Houston offense has basically been pretty absent in the first half against UTSA. They did score one touchdown, but again, this they scored three points here, 10 points in your first two games in the first half. I mean, that's just, it's tough to, you know, have to put, put your, dig yourselves in a hole to get out of. And so that's been a big, big thing. They, they need to, you know, come out with a little more firepower in order to, you know, not have to, you know, exert so much effort coming back. And then, yeah, like, like you said, like the defense, the defense has all the talent to, to, to be elite. And they were elite for parts of this game, but they're not able to put together a full 60 minutes where, like we've talked about, missed tackles. I mean, those are just simple little things that cost you so much. And you saw it tonight with, you know, the first touchdown tech scored, two Cougars missed a tackle on the 43-yard touchdown. And then on uh, the 54-yard touchdown, uh, Jace Rogers and Hassan Hippolyte ran in, in, into each other. And so none of them can make the tackle. So it's things like that um, <laughs> that we're seeing spurts of good on both sides. But like you, like you mentioned, it only comes in spurts, and it seems to not come at the same time. They can't – the offense and defense can't both be on play or on point at the same time. Either the offense is bailing the defense out or the defense is bailing the offense out. Exactly. And, and James, I know you, you got to go, so we'll let you go in a second. Right now, there's about 319 left in the fourth quarter between Kansas and West Virginia. Kansas is leading West Virginia 42-34. to 34. Obviously, they're going to be the next opponent that Houston plays um, at TDCU Stadium for the home opener. Um, obviously, we, we talked about in terms of kind of building buzz for the program and then kind of getting people into TDCU Stadium. Well, Houston hasn't necessarily looked but it was something that Chris mentioned that they could easily be 0-2. Do you feel – obviously, we, we kind of see on Twitter where there's a lot of anger with the fan base, but what, do you, what are your expectations heading into week three in that home opener at TDCU against Kansas? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it will be a sellout, that's for sure, just because, one, even if Kansas pulls this out, most of the fans still – we've talked about how they want to come see the opponents, and Kansas, even with two wins, isn't the name that's going to draw the fans into attendance. I think there will be a decent showing. I'd say like 28 to 30 is what I expect. Um, obviously, if, you, if you, they could have pulled out a win here today, there, there would have been a lot more hype and momentum going for this program because, uh, you know, it's a big 12 win on the road. Unable to do it last year. If, you, if they were able to pull it out this year, go in 2-0 and to the home opener, I think you'd see some more fans. But, yeah, I expect like 28 to 30,000 um, for that home opener next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, James. Uh, we'll let you go on this final uh, final thing. Is there anything else you'd like to add um, in tr- of this game or anything else? Not really. Um, once again, I appreciate y'all for having me on the show. Um, sorry, my technical with my technical difficulties. No, no worries, stuff. sir. Um, but yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on, and um, look looking forward to uh, next week. Um, and you know, just TDC? seeing seeing what happens then. Yeah, final, finally yeah. at home. Hopefully, hopefully not another overtime game because i've had to rewrite oh my leads and stuff so many times but yeah, yeah i feel you on that i feel on on that i had to do the same thing for the gallery sports article and it took it took a longer um but once again james Mueller, the daily cougar looks like he's reporting from a starbucks in lubbock with the cops in the background i'll let you go i drive home safe and and thank you again for hopping on james Mueller of the daily cougar once again via the hoops and holler um hotline um and that, that I mean, James Mueller, I'm you know I'll just take off this tangent and really really kind of 
say um, how I've seen him grow uh, from where he was. I remember whenever he joined the Dan Cougar, he's just a freshman. And to see him progress, he's been a lot more comfortable, especially since he's become a regular on, on folks talking sports, which um, not to be, it's a perfect time for a cheap plug. But if you are watching this, be sure to check out folks talking sports on the Houston Rob Bar Review YouTube channel streaming tomorrow. I believe it's going to be at 6 yes, sir. p.m. Uh, central time just between the late window of the nfl games and sunday night football so be sure to check that out once again that's folks talking sports if you're watching on the on the houston rombar review youtube channel that is where you will be able to find it um okay i'm gonna toss it over to you and, and really james hit on a lot of a lot of the points and i think the the biggest takeaway that i've from hearing james discuss it is that houston certainly they're self-aware of their problems the consistency and really they they haven't been able to string together um consistent performances along uh, when it comes to the offense the defense and even the special teams i, I, I believe it was justin to mention in our chat where bubba backs uh, for the most part he's done a good job in terms of kicking field goals but man he's he's kicked the ball three times out of bounds on kickoffs um i think it's, it's a little thing that, that in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's it's not that such a big deal, but just the little things, it, it just shows that I don't know. It feels like that that the defense is the team overall is just at times all over the place. No, they are all over the place, and like special teams is like another highlight of you know what is wrong with this with this team. And you, how many times have we seen like a touchdown already get called back now? Yeah, from Tank Dell, that's twice. And like you have Tank Dell, who is one of the most dangerous players in open field in in the whole in all of college football he's he's like a top 10 player in that regards and when you have someone that dangerous like you cannot make mistakes and you got to make the other team's special teams you know or the other team's defenses like cost you know you know pay for that so it's like I mean what can you there's so many things that we can be doing better uh with this team absolutely and and Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you um, in a second, but we're going to toss it over to our second sponsor in um, Star Pizza. And once again, big props for them for being able to buy sponsorship commercials during their space. We're greatly appreciative and we'll air their second commercial. Don't go anywhere because on the other side, you'll hear from Dana Horace and we heard James talk about it. We'll actually hear from Dana Horace and say what he had to say on the other side of this commercial. Don't go anywhere. You're listening or watching to Let's Rage Coop. Hey, what'd you order? Oh, pizza and tea. Shouldn't it be ready by now? We'll get the lunch special. So once again, major props to Star Pizza and and their ads. Man, they they do a great job with their ads and just being able to come up with stuff. Once again, um, with what they're able to do with NIL and then a lot of the players on the team, obviously, of course, this is the Big Hawk commercial. And obviously, of course, QH fans not necessarily in the in the mood to celebrate, but that commercial hopefully it brought a smile to to people's faces. 
Um, and on the other note, we'd like to hear a message from our primary sponsors. Now, obviously, of course, major props to Five Star Properties for, um, like I said, throughout the show, uh, during the first show and during this show, they were really the, the major props to them because they're the ones that kind of took the first um, chance they believed in us and they wanted to be a, a sponsor in the show they believed in us they want to be a sponsor once the men's basketball season uh, rolls around they've been a sponsor of folks talking sports and really really major props to the owner of five-star properties and jay um he's a really great dude and and it's been a pleasure being able to do business with him and he'd like you to know that if you're in the dallas area and if you're houseless has fire damage, water damage, even toxic mold or anything you'd like to sell, as is for cash, he's your go-to guy in the Dallas area. Once again, he is a UH alum, so part of the University of Houston family. And be sure to visit his website at www.5starprops.com. That's F-I-B-E-S-T-A-R-P-R-O-P-S.com. Once again, they're a Dallas-based company, and they will buy your home as is. It doesn't matter what condition. Like I mentioned, if they have fire damage, water damage, it don't matter. They will buy it for cash. Once again, that's five-star properties. As you see it on the screen, major props to them for being the primary sponsor on the show. And I will toss it over to Daniel Hogerson and hear what he had to say. Um, we heard James recap. Here's what Daniel Hogerson had to say on the other side. Go ahead and take first question. Whenever you guys are ready. Two things. Uh, <clears throat> one, uh, we didn't play well enough to win. Uh, just a whole lot of stupid stuff. Stupid, 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 undisciplined stuff. Where I don't feel like we deserve to win. With that said, uh, I was very proud of our team on how we just kept fighting once again. If you can ever have a repeat of a week ago, that was it. Uh, just let us slip away in the end. We would have been lucky to get out of here. If we would have won this game, we would have been lucky to get out of here. It's too much stupid crap. Makes me sick. You know, the penalties, like, you know, holding and all that, I mean, that, that really set you back. I don't know. I mean, you know, first couple years, we were very, very, very under-penalized and we sucked. Last couple years, we get a lot of penalties and we won. I don't know. It's not like we're not coaching them. God dang. I don't know how many times they held our D-line. We didn't get a single damn call. I mean, they're American refs, and I think they're a good group. But two holding calls there at the end. Three holding calls in the last probably 10, 15 plays. Uh, if we did it, then that's on us. I know we got to clean that stuff up. The roughing the punter in the end zone makes me sick. It's the second time tanks like took one back to the house for nothing. It makes me sick. Um, Cleaned up some pre-snap stuff. I don't know. Undisciplined. Not good. Dana, in the uh, towards the end there, with about I think they had 33 seconds left. Same situation almost as last week. They get to go and then the fourth and 20 conversion. Uh, Puke. I mean, I ain't pointing the finger. That's why we lost. We did a lot of. We did. We did plenty of stuff. Uh, plenty of stuff. But it's just unacceptable. How can, how can you have that happen last week and then go out there and do it again? I don't know, man. Whatever we're doing, we'll look at it and we'll do something different. It's it's not winning football. What did, what did you see from, from Brandon before, Campbell before he got hurt? Oh, he's all right. He's getting x-rayed now. I mean, the dude runs hard. <clears throat> he 
he ran hard, he ran hard last week. We had a weak box all night, and you know we really couldn't take advantage of that. The, our inability to be able to run the football is not going to is not going to be a winning for uh, I am very critical of our offensive line, and, and we ain't moving people, and and so we can't run the ball. So he runs hard. He gets tough yards. Uh, hope he's all right. Yeah, got me more. Before that was um, was Tejon just just same aggravated. Same ankle as last week. Did you did you see something you know to call that in the first play of the second half? You guys got yeah. you know tank deep. Was there something there that you? Yeah, they were they were coming down on his you know pop routes, in cuts. They were coming down hard on it. <clears throat> so we felt like we had it. It's a good play call. Dana, I know you talked about a lot of things you're going to work on, but Derek's play is that uh, positive you can take away, especially you know still only having one hand. Four sacks. Played good in spurts, but uh, not good enough. One or two more. All set. Thank, Thank you, Dan. Thanks. Well, there you have it from uh, Dana Holgerson, Houston head coach Dana Holgerson. And boy, James wasn't kidding when uh, when he mentioned uh, how Dana Holgerson kept it short. Um, certainly frustrated. And I, I think you know, now being able to listen to him talk, the, the thing that really stands out about that is just how frustrated he is, not only one with loss, but just the, the constant errors that, like he mentioned, he said it's stuff that they go over in practice and they're still making uh, a lot of the same errors. That That's probably not something that if you're, if you're a Houston fan and I, I won't bring up the comments that King Jaw just said, um, he said, I'm not worried about losing, but how we lost concerns me going forward. He made, um, he went ahead and, and elaborated on, Dumb mistakes, penalties are killing him. And he made up a great point. You know, last week, if it's not for Clayton Toon, um, Chris, something you mentioned, Houston's probably sitting here 0-2. And it's a completely different mindset um, heading into uh, the Kansas game for the home opener. Yeah, and then it's so interesting because when you talk about Houston, the University of Houston overall, in a position where they are in terms of momentum, it's something that leadership just this past Thursday, Chris Pesman and, and UH President Renu Couture talked about uh, kind of taking advantage of the momentum that there's around the University of Houston overall. And boy, it just seems like this, it, obviously it's side of the moment, but it seems like this game took a very big break to that momentum. Um, and it brings, honestly, it brings up a lot of the questions that this program had hitting into last season is, you know, what, what are the problems with the inconsistency? I'll go first and I got to let you guys go. Um, Coach Holgerson touched on everything that fans have said about the mistakes and the penalties and the offensive line not doing a good enough job run blocking. He's the coach. He's in charge. He has to figure this out. He's got to correct those mistakes. Okay? It's, it's kind of good to hear he's acknowledging them, but he needs to fix them. Okay? That's what he gets paid for. He needs to mm -hmm. fix these mistakes. Two weeks in a row, that's enough. Fans should not be seeing these mistakes again against Kansas or going forward the rest of the year. He's got to correct these mistakes. This is not the Cougs right now in the Big 12 next year doing these things. We'll be lucky to be middle of the pack in the Big 12. Middle of the pack. The goal is to compete for championships, 
not be average at best. So he's the head person in charge. He's got to fix these mistakes as soon as possible. You guys take care. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Andy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for hopping on once again via the um, sponsored hotline, the Hoop and Holler uh, Houston hotline. And we just lost. It looked like we were going to have another guest, but they just dropped out. So I was curious to hear them. But I think Chris makes a great point overall. And that's that's just, you know, when you hear those sound bites, you like to hear the frustration. But at the end of the day, what people care about, what a lot of the fan base is frustrated with, is that they're not necessarily seeing that, that production. And uh, granted, it's still early it's barely week two they're gonna head over to week three and you know obviously this time last season it, it took really until middle of october for fans really truly to start buying into the to the program especially after just the way that texas tech game went a season ago but i think we're right back at that point where really just reading a lot of these comments it seems like people are um wondering if necessarily it might be the right fit what say you aku the fit is in what in you know with coaching staff uh, coaching staff yeah i mean we thought it was a fit last season right we had you know a mm. great season and we thought this was going to that was going to be the beginning of something big i mean similarly last season we i we in a way we started off the same right like we could still go off and win almost all our games in conference but then like king jaja mentioned that this is not going to cut it in the Big 12, and I totally agree with him. And I did like, I want to say, I did like the rage. That was, you know, not, you know, pun intended, let's rage. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The rage that came from uh, from Dana Holgerson, I like that. But then I felt like he himself did not take as much accountability. He might have mentioned it, I don't know, at the beginning of the press conference or not, but he, I felt like he did not, he was – when he was asked about Derek Parrish, for example, Derek Parrish played a phenomenal game. Like yeah. this guy was like, he, I saw him. If he didn't get to the quarterback, he was damn near there. And like, I, I, I felt like he was a little bit, you know, disrespected by Holgerson. Like he just said, Holgerson was like, Oh, he had four sacks. Great. Not good enough. But like, actually Derek Parrish played a very good game and you could see that on the tape. It was just the rest of, you know, most of the defense that wasn't there. Um, to help him out, right? So I just I felt like Holgerson himself did not take the credibility that he should have. Yeah, no, you make a great point. I mean, looking at at the stat sheet, Derek Parrish, dude, he had one hell of a game. He that we obviously I mentioned he had four sacks. He also had six tackle for losses. He had ten total tackles, eight of which were solo tackles. He forced a fumble. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, there's there's honestly not – oh, by the way, he's playing through a, a broken ring finger on his right hand with a giant <laughs> club. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. Um, and, that, and that's interesting. Um, but obviously, of course, I guess going back to the cliche where, you know, if it's not enough if, if you don't come out victorious. But I absolutely agree from an individual standpoint. Derek Parrish had a heck of a game. And to be honest, he probably ended up uh, – setting a couple of records just looking at that stat sheet i wouldn't be surprised if he he got a couple of uh records um and big props to to um this is going to be a caveat because obviously of course um you take the good with the bad but i think i think that when looking at a grand scheme of things just in terms of the houston secondary um obviously of course we've brought up the struggles when it comes to tackling that's something they need to clean up and it's going to be interesting to see going forward how necessarily they do clean that up but I think going back to that resilience standpoint, I think big props to Art Green. Um, 
Jace Rogers and Javarius Owens who who made the plays that not only kept Houston in the game, but they put him in a position to win. And again, it, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> These skills H Towns comment make me laugh, but um, it, it's just so frustrating because you, you see comments like these from you know Houston fans. To be quite honest, you know, looking at the remaining team they have in the schedule. By by the way, um, West Virginia is down just two with thirty five seconds left. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if Kansas can hold on. But Kansas, the Big Twelve, that's not the goal. Houston's not going there to compete with Kansas. They're going in there to compete with Baylor, with Oklahoma State, with TCU, with top programs. Once uh, once Texas and, and OU leave. Um, for the SEC, that's not the goal. And uh, so even if, you know, go back, look at the rest of the schedule, they beat Kansas, they beat Rice, which is the remaining non-conference games. And then, you know, we've mentioned when it comes to conference play, they're not going to play Cincinnati, they're not going to play UCF. Um, the biggest game left, at least on paper, um, it, it'll be interesting, but it'll probably be at SMU this season, which, again, they're not going to be, they're not going to the Big 12 that's a opponent from hindsight you would expect Houston to be above, but that that's probably the toughest game on the schedule. So even best case scenario, if Houston turns around, they could go eleven and one at this point. Looking at some of the comments from the fans, it, it looks like they're not sold going into the Big Twelve, which is not where you want to be as a program. And and Akit, before I toss it over to you, um, we have a couple more um, banners that we do have to do. And once again, we have to hear the message from Five Star Properties, who they are the primary sponsor for the show. Big props to them. Um, like I mentioned throughout, they uh, not only are the primary sponsor, um, like I've mentioned throughout, but they've also been the ones that were the first ones that kind of dove in and uh, honestly believed in what we're doing here with Less Rage Cougs, which, you know, in, in days like this, it's, it's always fun to talk Houston sports in general, but uh, I think it's it's just always going to be something to talk about, even with a loss and being able to give a space for Houston fans who uh, they haven't been wanting to hop onto the, the sponsored hotline today. It seems like they're a little bit more um, um, kind of reserved off the game. I'm pretty sure a lot of them are frustrated with how things turned out. But this is a space for you guys just to be able to listen and, and honestly have a chance to vent, whether it be in comments or if you would like to speak. This, this is what Let's Rage Cougs was intended to do. And going back to Five Star Properties, if you, if, once again, it's our primary sponsor, if you inherited a property and don't want to be a landlord, visit www.fivestarprops.com. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R props.com once again they're a dallas-based company owned by uh alum and the primary sponsor of let's rage kooks and they will continue to be the primary sponsor into uh october for the remainder of these next two games against kansas and against rice so we're not going anywhere a uh, win lose uh which i know the, the phrase is win lose or draw and houston certainly put that to the, to the test with the with the overtimes this season but okay but i was going to toss to you um, that's not where the program wants to be in terms of, you know, looking at these comments, there's a lot of um, really there's not buy-in with the program and something that we've touched on. It'll be interesting to see what, what how that kind of translates to attendance next week in next week's opener against Kansas. Yeah, it took it took me two games for, for me to, you know, feel, I guess before the season started, I thought, OK, we're we're moving in the right direction just based off of what we did last season. Cause you know, last season, although we had a loss to tech, I think it was still, it wasn't like one of those, one of the losses we had today, or it wasn't something to where like we can, something that if, as long as our 
staff gets better, our players get better, we are going to become a better team. And we did become a better team last season. But then, mm-hmm. like, now you look at this season, like you said, we're not we're not here, here to just compete with the Kansases or the Texas Tech. Because Texas Tech is a middle – middle of the pack team in the big 12 when it comes to football or you could say mm-hmm. even closer to the bottom if anything so like we're not here to oh they've they've had our number already like the last four games right or that we've played so we haven't won one yet against them i mean we can't even call ourselves a rival with them at this point just because right. like we lost four games in a row and you know just even looking back to you the utsa game last week there were still those question marks and like utsa great team like i'm not even holding anything like against them they they had a phenomenal season last last year there's you know maybe they're supposed to be just as good this season but like again we're not here to just compete with them we should we should be blowing them out too so it's like where you know how do we get to that point you know that's the those are the answers that you know this coaching staff like needs to figure out for sure, and, and that's something that they have said in the past. Just you know, again with Texas Tech, and it's so frustrating just in terms of you know what that that rivalry. We did a, a podcast with Tailgate Talks, which is a Texas Tech centered podcast, and that was something that one of their calls brought up just in terms of the potential for rivalries there. But they feel like that they're better than Houston just because Houston hasn't been able to beat Texas Tech now of five in the past five games going back to 2010, which is honestly absolutely absurd when you think about it. And, you know, it's interesting. Just I think this game has opened up that can of worms again, especially when it comes to heading into the Big 12. What exactly has Houston been able to, to you know, accomplish in the past season, which it's brutal to say because they did go all the way to the American Athletic Championship game. They were neck and neck with Cincinnati in the first half. And then you know, the Bearcats kind of, you know, were able to separate themselves in that second half. And it, it's just, it, it's one loss. It's barely one and one. There's still a lot of the season left ahead of them, but it just brings back all those questions that were, honestly on the table going back to last season's um, opener and again it's just one game so we'll circle back with our final thoughts and and look ahead at Kansas but before we do we'll do our final ad read of the night and obviously of course that has to do with our primary sponsor in five-star properties who like I've mentioned throughout they're a Dallas-based company owned by UH alum this show is sponsored by five-star properties they are the primary sponsor they want you to know if you're facing foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash call 972-532-SELL or visit their website at fivestarprops.com that's f-i-v-e-e f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-p-r-o-p-s.com once again five-star properties huge shouts out shout out to them for being the primary sponsors of this show and <laughs> final thoughts um when you know again bringing up with these skills mentioned last season they had a cupcake schedule it was not a great season next season they're going to get destroyed um obviously of course he's referencing to what what houston is going to be joining the big 12 next year um i'm going to say these skills not is not alone with what you know a lot of people that are following the houston program um feel that way and this game certainly is not going to go uh, a long way of being able to change the mind and you know i guess we'll put a ball on houston and texas tech with once again once again the final score texas tech defeats houston in double overtime 33 to 30 uh the final play of the game a rushing touchdown from donovan smith who 
know, for all intents and purposes, we haven't even mentioned that, but keep the back of Texas Tech. He was not the starter going into the season. Uh, Tyler Shuff, the starter for Texas Tech, did not play with a shoulder injury. Um, and so, okay, I'll toss it over to you. Just final thoughts and obviously looking ahead again. Another Big 12 opponent in Kansas, by the way. West Virginia and Kansas are now heading to overtime. So at least whenever Houston plays Kansas next week, it'll be a battle of two teams that have had to go to overtime in week two. So I guess they have that going for them. But something that, that we've mentioned throughout, and they're going to the Big 12. They don't want to be you know, bottom feeders. They're not going in there just to be the Big 12. Renew Couture said it on Thursday. Their, their goal to go into the Big 12 is to compete and win. And when you look at the programs, not to compare, but, you know, I feel like fans would be much more satisfied with where the men's basketball program is heading into it. And when it comes to the football program, there's a lot of questions. Um, again, just in terms of when it comes to these big opponents, it doesn't seem like, you know, Houston has been able to step up to the plate um, just in terms of on the field. Do you feel like they can do anything next week against Kansas to be able to kind of shift that uh, perspective? Or is once again, it has to be a, a longer season approach. Yeah, I mean, they could do a lot. This The positive takeaway, which is like, it's very tough to come up with the positives, right? Because we just took a bad loss to Tech after almost winning, like twice. We had we had the game in the in the bag twice and we lost it. So, but there are still so many positive, there's a positive takeaway is that like, we can do so much better on offense, defense, and on special teams. Like, that's the biggest positive. And like, if you just clean up, you don't have to clean up everything because there are a lot of problems that need to be fixed. But, like, if you just clean up a little bit and just get better, you know, just a few percent better than how we played today, like, you should be able to win against Kansas. And that's, like, that's that's how I'm going to view it, how I'm going to look at it. Like, I know we have a lot of frustration in our fan base right now just because where we're supposed to be next season in the Big 12. But, you know, the, you know, if if – we want to think about it in a positive light you know there are things we could get better at and if we just get a little bit better at everything like we shouldn't have a game like we like we had today yeah and i think that's a that's a good optimistic approach but no you make a great point just in terms of going to again what we've mentioned throughout the show consistency is kind of uh the big thing and if houston can polish up and, and just string together performances where both the offense and the defense are playing well at the same time. Um, they've showed flashes again that they, they, especially when in regards to defense, they've showed flashes where they can be a really dominant team, especially up front on the defensive line. Sack Ave, um, we mentioned what Derek Parrish himself did. He was uh, wrecking havoc by himself today against Texas Tech. But that that's going to be the the next step if they can clean that up and string together good games. Now the problem is uh, there's always going to be that but of this season and heading into the Big Twelve, um, they really wanted to get this game against Texas Tech, so it's going to be a brutal pill to swallow. Um, but looking ahead, it, that's going to be the key thing there. I think overall, especially on offense, you know, we heard Dana Horson mention it there. He said that, you know, the offensive line needs to play better. That's that's the thing he's kind of harped on all season. That's going to be a key for Houston, especially not only in the in the run game, which Dana Horson said that they have not been able to do a good job of blocking up front um, for the running backs, which uh, based off Horson's comments they made what Brandon Campbell was able to accomplish much more. Um, it kind of adds to, to what he was able to do, and hopefully the x-rays come back clean and he's able to not not be out with a long-term injury, but that's going to be the key thing for there because the offense has really been the most that 
it's crazy because they they've been able to put up points in the overtime periods, but you kind of take that with a grain of salt when they they already start at the twenty five yard line, um, which you know, helps them a lot. And then for the much stretch of the game, they've really struggled to be able to put up points, and that's going to be the biggest thing, biggest key. Like uh, King Jaja mentioned, he's not sold on the offensive coordinator, so there's a lot of questions heading into week three against Kansas. Now Houston falls to one and one Texas tech improves to two and oh, once again, the final score, Texas tech defeats Houston 33 to 30 in double overtime. They defeat number 25 in the AP poll Houston. Um, they'll likely drop out of the AP poll come Monday, but I'll give out toss it over to you. Final thoughts, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up? No, nothing that I haven't said already, but yeah, like, like Jack King Jaja mentioned that he's, he's not sold on the OC you know, I'm not sold either. Like, it's, I think we could, we could just, we could play a lot better. And I don't know if it's Holgerson make, you know, having influence on the calls or not. But, you know, I think that's something to look, you know, look ahead to next week to see are we gonna be, you know, throwing, you know, are we gonna sling, be slinging the ball, per to say, so to say. Like, it's um, that's something that I'd like. I'm interested. Like, are we gonna be more dynamic in our play calling and playmaking? So. Hopefully we see that next week against Kansas. For sure. And Akib, that's going to do it for today's show. So once again, if you haven't done so already, and again, for the fans, this might be not necessarily the best time to promote, but we'd like to shout out, first of all, everyone that that listened in and and chimed in on YouTube with their comments or then watched, whether it was on Twitter, if you're watching us after live on Spotify, app or wherever you listen to your podcast, um, we like to send you over to the official Pod Slamma Jamma YouTube account, which it's how you spell the podcast. That's P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A. Let's Rage Cougs is now officially fully owned, uh, fully owns Pod Slamma Jamma. And we mentioned Hoops and Holler, who is the sponsor, Hoop, Hoop and Holler, who is the sponsor for today's um, hotline. And obviously, of course, big props to Chris Gardner and James Mueller for hopping on the show. They will, we will be partnering with them in doing a giveaway, a two ticket giveaway for next week's game against Kansas. Be on the lookout. Make sure you follow Potslam Jamma on Twitter and follow Hoop and Holler. Once again, they were the sponsors for the hotline. Um, and if you're interested in, in giveaway tickets for Houston, Kansas next week, be sure to stay tuned. We will announce that tomorrow, but just for that to be on your radar, Akib, where can people find you on social webs? Yeah, it's on the screen here. It's at Akib Ghazi MMA. Um, I don't just do this show <laughs> in sports. Mm-hmm. I cover, cover mixed martial arts and specifically like the UFC. So you can find me on Twitter and, and Instagram with, with that handle. And I'm Andy Anas. You can follow me on Twitter at Ayanas underscore five. Once again, thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back. Let's Rage Cougs. Enters week three, Houston, Kansas. First home opener, TDCU Stadium. Once again, the final score, Houston falls to one and one in a 33 to 30 loss to Texas Tech in Lubbock. Once again, this has been Let's Rage Cougs presented by Five Star Properties.